Welcome to Full 10 Yards Podcast. I'm here solo today, but I have a very, very special guest for you all. Some know him as the scourge of the Steelers. He is Sir Yacht on Twitter, the CEO of Ohio. It's Sir Yacht. Thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to diving in. So... Uh, we'll start. We'll start with where a lot of people know you from, which is uh, Twitter on TikTok. And how did how did you sort of get your start doing that? Was it just like a goof, and then it sort of snowballed, or do you set out with plans of having like this much success? No, like I always wanted to do something in, in music and may have like a record deal, but um, wanted a way getting attention through that. Um, so when the Browns went zero and sixteen, it was like New Year's Eve, twenty seventeen, right before twenty eighteen. Friend told me I should make a rant, um, so I went to a bunch of places in Lake Erie. Scouted a, a bunch of places Hugh Jackson could jump into, like his promise. Uh, blew up. Sports Center Snapchat picked it up. So then that's where I was like, oh, like I can maybe I'll try and make some content. Uh, and then that, that's where it snowballed. I made videos about the Cavs, Browns, Cleveland sports, and then it kind of branched out into what it is today, slowly but surely. And then over the quarantine period. Um, I started hopping on TikTok and making Ohio and Midwest stuff and stuff with college football and high school. And yeah, um, it, it, I, I'd say it was, it was kind of goof. I never thought I'd be doing stuff in content, but now that I'm, I've been doing it for a little less than, than three years, um, it's, it's what I want to do full time. And hopefully I can, I can do that next year at some point. That's the goal. Yeah, well, you obviously mentioned the 0-16 Brown season is where you got started. And uh how hard was that to watch a team that you obviously love so much have such a tragic season? It was, it was miserable. Um, it, obviously I, I think I'm, I'm the only person that has benefited from the Browns going on 16 because everything I've done content wise can be attributed to going back that far when they went my first video there. But it was, I mean, to, for them to not win a game that entire season and to cap it off by an incomplete fourth and two pass uh, against the third string Steelers team. I mean, that just was, that was just the cherry on top. And, and the fact that Hugh Jackson didn't even get fired for that, it was, it was baffling. So it was, it was hard, but again, I mean, it's the reason you stay with the team, the reason you, you know, stay with, stick with them in 0-16 in Cleveland and, and wherever you may be a fan is because of, Times like this, you never know. I mean, they're four and one right now. The worst they can be after this week is four and two tomorrow. I think they're going to go five and one. This makes it worth going through all that zero and sixteen and all those horrible losses since nineteen ninety nine. I was about to say my predictions uh, that dropped today. I do have Cleveland beating the the Steelers. Whether I hate the Steelers or not, played into that. We'll see. But how did it feel <laughs> when you guys drafted Baker Mayfield? Because I've I've never as you can see, I'm a Patriots fan. We've never, I've never been the point when I've been supporting this team where we've we've had, well, not good draft picks for a start, but like a guy who was kind of looked at as the savior of the franchise. Was that quite an exciting moment for you as a Browns fan? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, it was weird because leading up to draft, um, we didn't really know who we were going to get, um, but it was the consensus was probably Sam Darnold, and then Adam Schefter that morning said. No, it's going to be Baker Mayfield. And it was just all these um, uh, diversions that uh, John Dorsey, the former GM, put up. But, yeah, it was I, – I loved it. And then I was at the game um, where they beat the Jets, and that was their first win in, like, 20 games. And you could just feel the tide kind of turn. It, it was a regular season 
victory, but and it felt like a playoff game. It felt like the Cavs championship in 2016. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And it's just that this town just, uh, just gravitates around the Cleveland Browns like no other team could in this city or in many other cities. It's very rare. Um, so it was, it was nice. He's not playing his best. I mean, he's playing a lot better than he did last season. He's, he, he, he has a lot of things he could work on, but he's still, I'm fortunate enough. They got good coaching and they got, a great offense around him to, to really help. So he doesn't have to, the pressure isn't on him to do a whole lot. Yeah. Do you think his personality was like a, a big part of how, I don't know, like how Cleveland sort of rallied around him because he carries himself with like a confidence and a swagger that you don't really see with guys coming in in their first year. He won that first game and he's sort of already a hero in Cleveland for that. Do you think his attitude really helped like motivate the city to, to be along with this guy? Oh, 100%. Um, and, and he has that whole underdog mentality. He was to walk Texas Tech, walk on the next year at Oklahoma. I mean, nobody even knew he was going to Oklahoma. And the fact that he, you know, got the job eventually and then got a Heisman Trophy and then was the number one pick. I mean, he's always had this, like, chip on his shoulder just because he's a six-foot quarterback and, you know, he's always been doubted. And we needed someone like that with that swagger, with that confidence to be here. It says, uh, Sam Darnold, I don't know if he could have survived here because he's just really quiet and he's just, you know, I don't know. We need, it's, it's, this town is a little different. You need somebody that is confident and believes in, 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 in manifest wins. And I, that attitude really shifts the culture here in Cleveland. And, um, you know, I, I'm really happy he's here. I definitely think that's a huge part of, uh, you know, why the Browns have, have turned things around. Yeah, I – the, the moment I knew I, I, like he was the right quarterback for the job is uh, when he went on the Colin Cowherd show and, and Cowherd did his yeah. stupid bullshit where he was like, oh, I did like the undraftable hoodie. Um, but he, he made all the yeah. stupid remarks like, oh, you didn't celebrate with your teammates for one of the touchdowns you threw in a game and then picked on him for the police tape like no player's ever made a mistake before. Uh, uh, and it just shows that he knew – he knew he was going to be good. And obviously last year was a down year, especially with all the superstar signings you made. Do you feel this is different now? He's got the chemistry with OBJ and you brought in guys like Austin Hooper and you made a lot of changes. Stefanski has been fantastic as well. He knows how to use Mayfield. Do you think, yeah. you think yeah. you're a playoff team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first off, going to, to Coward, it's so funny because it's like, all right, so you're going to, do all those mistakes on Baker. Um, show the show the tape of you getting divorced twice and uh, and making a racist remark at ESPN and getting yourself fired and going to Fox. Where's that? Where's that tape? It's just it's just stupid. I mean, Baker's a kid. Like, yeah, he made some mistakes, but he's learned from them. And he's they're not that serious. But last year, Freddie Kitchens, I think, was a huge hinder on the team. I mean, he had a game plan Wednesday through Saturday, and everybody in that coaching room and anyone on the team said he completely abandoned it going into Sundays. Odell was injured. Jarvis played injured the entire – again, but I don't want to make excuses because every football team deals with injuries and, you know, problems. Um, Baker still regressed last year. He still had a bad year. Uh, but this year, I do think – I mean, they're a playoff team for sure. Of course, when they're 4-1, and one, you have a bunch of other teams that are 4-1 and one right now, 4-0. Oh. Um, they're like the sixth seed right now. Like Baltimore – Baltimore is the fifth seed at 4-1, and one, and they're – I think they're better than Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I think Pittsburgh – I mean, Pittsburgh's faced teams that have, are combined 315-1. I'm not saying they're – actually, yeah, 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 they're frauds. I'm going to say that. They're frauds. I, I, I don't think – I mean, they're a good team. They'll, they'll probably make the playoffs. I think they'll be a seven seed. But I don't, I don't, I don't think they're 
AFC North division leaders. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at the Browns coming out tomorrow. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, but I just, we've never seen a team like this in Cleveland since 1999. And the fact that they're four and one right now, I mean, they haven't faced the greatest opponents. I mean, the Colts were, you know, a pretty good team, but other than that, not the greatest opponents, but when is a win in the NFL? And, uh, yeah, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna turn some heads tomorrow. They, they're gonna battle some injuries for sure. That um, gonna make the game pretty close. But I'm, I'm gonna say it's a win. Do you, Do you think tomorrow, if you beat the Steelers, that's like a coming out party for this team to say, "Hey, look, we are legit. We are contenders." Yet yeah, last year we stumbled, but there was a lot of pieces missing, and the coaching staff. And I feel like last year, honestly, you could have made the playoffs. And still, people would have been disappointed because of how much pressure was put on the team because of the signings. And I think that's a lot for Baker as well, going into his second year. And OBJ coming off not the greatest statistical years of his career. I feel like that was a lot for the players to deal with. And then Freddie Kitchens wasn't great. Do you feel like this year, where they've tempered their expectations, really sets you guys up to go further? Because you don't have to live up to this crazy hype that you built up around yourselves. I do, I do, and uh, talking about last year real quick, I, I love how the media puts on these expect Super Bowl expectations, and the, the team doesn't do that. They ask them about the Super Bowl expectations, and then when the team flops, like, oh, why did you guys have these expectations? Like, you guys created this. And it's like, no, it's like a media-drawn narrative. But I do think because they don't have that um, – they, they didn't have that expectation going into this year and having another rookie head coach, um, that – I mean, it, it's – we want to be the underdogs in Cleveland. Like that's, that's where we thrive best. That's where Baker thrives best. We have the chip on his shoulder. This is a make or break contract year for him. I mean, after this year, if he does, if he continues to perform like this, they'll throw a contract at him. But the, but honestly, like this is the first time in Brown's history since back in 99 that we've had a quarterback this long, like, and he, I mean, it, you, you, you know, that stat that big Ben has the most wins in Brown stadium. Now that now Baker is tied with, with Ben, I mean, that's, that's huge in itself. So even if Baker is a game manager or whatever, I still think he's going to be – because we just don't – we've never had a quarterback. Like, we just – even a game manager. He, someone just gets injured or they suck. So I do think with uh, the lack of um, – the lack of press, lack of expectation, I think that definitely bodes well for the Browns because that's where they thrive best. Um, and credit to Stefanski, he's put in a great system. He's, he's really – I mean, they signed Kareem Hunt for another couple of years after this, which is huge. I uh, hope Nick Chubb gets back soon. But, I mean, they, the culture there is awesome. They, they, they're just great. And they're, they're making a system that benefit, it's tailored around the players, not, not, set, not the coach saying, hey, you guys have to fit into my offense. So that's what it was last year. And it just it, it didn't work, obviously. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about college football as well a little bit. Um, and I'm surprised you're not wearing a Buckeyes jersey. I'm surprised to see you in Auburn colors, actually. I thought yeah. you were Buckeyes through and through. No, I am. I am. I'm a diehard Buckeyes fan. Um, I'm an Auburn fan by relationship now. My girlfriend went there. So I was just watching the game, and they stunk it up and lost. And uh, that wasn't a whole lot of fun. So I regret wearing, wearing these for sure right now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – it's very confusing because uh, I've never rooted for two teams simultaneously. But if I had to choose one, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously have to have Ohio State one. But I'm going to support the girlfriend's team for sure and root for them, even though it's really hard because they suck right now. That, that's actually the same with my girlfriend. And sort of because of Joe Burrow as well, I kind of have to root for the Bengals a little bit. I'm living down in Cincinnati now. And uh, I right. know it's – we, we got uh, 
We got the Cam Newton uh, teams on right here. We got the Auburn. We got the Patriots right now. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, I was about to say, and Jared Stidham as well. Pe- people forget about yeah, that guy, yeah. but he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he, he yeah. played. I'm not going to say he did anything other than play, <laughs> but yeah, um, um, yeah. So obviously, I am in Kentucky right now. By your admission, I think ah, it's Ohio, but you fun. say Cincinnati's oh, in Kentucky. So oh, I was going to ask about that. What's with the? Uh, Cin- I'm not going to say Cincinnati hate, but what, what's with your uh, personal rivalry against Cincinnati? Is that football motivated or? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all football motivated. I love Cincinnati. I think it's a great city. Um, I do a lot of Ohio stuff on TikTok and, and throughout. So like, you know, I really, I, I love Ohio as, as a whole. The, the only reason I say Cincinnati's in Kentucky is because Bengals fans give me a lot of attention with that. And uh, I try to make it known that it's just a joke, but until that kind of dies down, I th- it, it's just, it's just, uh, it's all love, but it's like, a, it's just with the Browns Bengals rivalry. Really, honestly, that's all. I love Cincinnati. Well, I was going to say the biggest biggest thing for me to get used to coming to Cincinnati was Skyline. I was I, dude, I grew up on Skyline. I love it. I have to, I like make fun of it like but I always I'm like I actually love Skyline. Like I grew up on it like it's I love it. I don't care what yeah. people say it. it's good chili. I'm going to ask you a few questions now before we get to some more football. Well, some of the foot, uh, questions are football related, but they are just questions that you can have some fun with because we know you're known for your quick wit. And is there a state better than Ohio? No. I mean, if, if you had it in the winter, I mean, I just – I love Ohio. It's just the winter. kills me. I like going to Florida and, uh, like, Georgia. That's – I mean, uh, it's, it's great down there. But then when it's summer, it's just too hot. So, I mean, I, I, I'd say eight, nine months out of the year, Ohio is the best state. I, I love it. I just – it's cheap, um, good people, no traffic, no national disasters. Uh, we got, I mean, I love living on Lake Erie. Like I just, it's, it's, it's really an ocean. It's not a lake. And a lot of people, I mean, you, I know when you were up in Toledo, like, you people like people when they come there, they're like, what? It's a lake, but you can't see the end. And it's like, yeah, but it's a great lake. It's, there's a little bit of a difference. So it's, I love Cleveland for real. And I, I love Ohio. I just, I don't know. It'd be hard to take me away from. Yeah. I was actually shocked when I went to Cleveland. So this was 2019. So uh, a few days after I got here, I went and stayed in Cleveland for a week. Yeah. Beautiful city, but it was cold as shit. This was the week before the yep. Super Bowl, and I was flying from Cleveland to Atlanta, and I was not a fan of the weather. I'll be honest with you. It was terrible weather. But Lake Erie surprised me because I was like, that's not a fucking lake. That's a sea. It looked, it looked ridiculous. Right. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you would have came here like 10 years ago, you're like, oh, Cleveland's a shithole. But they've done a pretty good job. Um, I don't want to say renovating it, but, like, you know, making it a pretty good city. And, and it, I mean, it's, it's not it's not Chicago. It's not New York. I mean, it's – I'm not the biggest fan of New York, honestly, because it's just – it's dirty and it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to live in. But Chicago's a great city. I mean, a lot of the cities are struggling right now. But Cleveland is a quieter city. But it's uh, – yeah, dude, if the, if the snow wasn't here, the wind chill and everything, the wind and – uh, it'd be so much better, but it, it, it is hard. <laughs> it is hard living there in the winter, that's for sure. I was going to say the wind chill was coming off Lake Erie. I mean, it, it had an advantage over Chicago because when I arrived in Chicago, I actually got robbed at gunpoint. So that was, as my first experience of America, I was getting robbed at gunpoint in Chicago. So that was. Dude, I would never live. I would be like, I hate America. Like, that's, that's awful. I, I, 
That I, it's your first experience too. Jeez. Yeah, I've been in the country like six hours, and because the snow was so bad, I had to get a hotel to wait for the next day for my flight into Cleveland. And I was like, cool. So I got a the Rosemont Hilton, and I went to a bar just down the street, and I got absolutely faced. I was I was British drunk. And like literally a block from my hotel, a dude pulls a gun on me. And because I'm British, the only exposure I've had to guns in London have either been fake guns or people ain't got no bullets for them. So I, I literally just pushed the guy in his chest and was like, F- off, you're taking the... P-. And then he, he he fully like bought the gun out and put it in my ribs. He's like, give me your phone. I was like, oh. and that, so yeah, that was Chicago uh, for me. You know, it's not Chicago. Yeah, there's some parts of Chicago that are a little scary. So it's a good. It was my own fault for walking around at like three in the morning. Like, Perhaps. it was just my home Perhaps. country. I love, I love how you guys uh, call everything pints. I think that's awesome. Our pints are bigger than American pints as well, so I'm very happy about that. Oh, uh, dude, my one of my British friends comes over and visits, and he's like, "We should go out and get a pint." I'm like, "Yeah, like, dude, I'll call them pints now from now on." I'm like, even if they're not like. <laughs> Actual pints, like it's just, it's just a, it's a vibe. Yeah, I love it. Uh, a question I've been wanting to ask you as well, because obviously I, I actually used this joke and shouted you out in my uh, predictions that came out today. I said I'd rather have more than six teeth than six rings, in in referring to Pittsburgh. Um, but what would you rather be, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or have both of your hands smashed with a hammer? Uh, both my hands smashed with a hammer, and I don't think that's even a. Uh... I wouldn't even think about it again, dude. I, I, I can never wear a Steelers jersey. Oh my god, I can never root for that team. It's just it's like rooting for Satan, dude. I just can never do it. No they're way. so toxic, so toxic. Dude, dude, they're all they're awful. I I made a video the other day, and yeah, I mean, I, I think you might have saw it, but yeah, like, dude, I have friends that are Steelers fans. They get harassed by other Steelers fans because they interact with me and other Browns fans. Like, it's just like, yeah, you said so, like you should be able to talk NFL with people who support other teams. That's kind of the f-ing point of it being a league. Dude, if I, if I go to Pittsburgh with a Browns jersey, guarantee you, I, I mean, I've been there before. It's a great, it, it actually is a great city. Like it's a great place, great food, great culture. But if I go there in a Browns jersey, I'll get jumped. I'll get, dude, I, I guarantee if I, if I go there now, like, cause Pittsburgh people hate me. Um, a lot. Here, I, I'll, let me let me put on something real quick. One second. Is this the Pittsburgh hates me top? Oh yeah. <laughs> I I love that you profit from their sadness. Dude, they uh, can I get it up there? They the Pittsburgh clothing company. They're great. Sent it to me, and then sent it to like two other people that I'm friends with, and they got destroyed. And like people like were saying boycott them in Pittsburgh. It's like. Dude, the virus is already shutting down small businesses. And you're gonna, so I try promoting them as much as I could because they're nice and like it's all good fun and like the rivalry and stuff. But dude, it's just I'm serious. Like when you talk about toxicity with Pittsburgh people, I mean it's a real thing. Like they're they're terrifying and they're they're honestly like a lot of them. There's there's I mean there's good people. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them like really aren't. Like it's the stereotype in this situation is like kind of true. Maybe a couple more questions: Borough or Fields? Burrow or Fields? That's a good one. Um, you know, I think Fields is going to have, like, that season that Burrow did last year. Um, I think – I mean, Clemson just won today, like, 73-7 to seven or so. Or in the fourth quarter, they had the punter playing quarterback. Uh, 
I, I think I think Fields is going to have a really good season. I honestly think Ohio State's going to you know win. I, I I think they're going to the national championship against Clemson. I think they're going to win. Um, so and I think Fields will win the Heisman. So in terms of all of that, I would have to say, I mean, dude, until in Ohio, it's funny because Burrow was an Ohio State quarterback, but he shined at LSU. Until an Ohio State quarterback proves that they can play in the NFL, because Dwayne Haskins has kind of been terrible right now. I'm going to have to say Joe Burrow. He doesn't have an offensive line. He has nothing. Um, I think next year he'll have a pretty good breakout year, but it's going to be a struggle until they, uh, you know, rebuild something next year. I'll take Burrow for now. Okay, good. We we all we all love a bit of Joe Burrow, and uh, that is. So after we won the national championship, I'm an LSU fan. Uh, after we won the national championship, every single bar I went to in Ohio where I wore a Joe Burrow jersey, at least one person would come up to me and be like, you know, he played for Ohio State. I was like, yes, I cover this sport for a living. I'm aware. Can you just leave me alone? We get it. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, uh, it I don't know. It's, it's crazy that like, he was just like a second or third string. He just never made it to, to start. And then now – he has the greatest season in college football history. He's the number one Heisman, the number one pick, national champion. It's just – know, it's funny. So, I think people here – people in Columbus, for sure, it's, it's, it's a different atmosphere in terms of Ohio State. They, they really love their Ohio State players, and they'll root for them wherever they go because they don't have, really have an NFL team. It's either Bengals or Browns. So, they – yeah, you can tell that they're like, hey, you went to Ohio State, even though they didn't really do anything in Ohio State. Yeah, he, he, he got unlucky. If he hadn't have injured his hand – he probably would have beaten out Dwayne Haskins for the job and yep. maybe maybe yep. gone on to win you guys a day. But I will say, I think you guys should have beat Clemson. The ref called one of the worst calls I've seen in football. He's like, he took three steps, which is considered a football move. He had the ball under control. That is a fumble. And you guys should have won that game just, well, just from that play. It's one of those things you slow down. It's like when you slow it down, maybe. But it doesn't, I mean, like it doesn't matter because at full speed, it's a catch. And then it's slow motion. I think it's still a catch, but maybe it's—I don't know. It's just it was too. There was too much overanalyzing and overthinking, and I—I I don't know how that gets called. Like I—I it just bothers me. I can't even form sentences right now. Yeah, they should have won. It was absolutely BS call. Another question we got to ask as well. Since we're on college football, do you mind giving us a rundown of this uh, per sources business that happened with you and your sources for the Big Ten? Because it was incredibly interesting and. You know, a lot of people were hating on you very unnecessarily just because your news wasn't coming out two seconds after you tweeted it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was it was quite the roller coaster, to, to say the least. So, I, with all the sports content stuff I do, I had someone that approached me in late August, or like mid-August, and uh, he was like, hey, I'm a big fan of your content. I uh, am very connected in the college football world. I have some information if you would like to run with it. I'm like, sure. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, the information was that the Big Ten was going to get canceled. And I put that out, and then it was right three days later. So I was like, oh, it's good. Good information. Didn't think anything of it. The uh, weekend later after, he uh, comes back and has all this other news. And it just kind of snowballed into a bunch of different things. And I uh, got the attention of, like, Pat McAfee and Big Cat and Barstool and, like, some national media. And I, I got a lot of hate. Um, but then when things I kept reporting, reporting, you know, were seemingly proven true, everything seemed to be like, oh, it's going to happen, and I'm excited. And then Kevin Warren comes out, commissioner of the Big Ten, on August 19th, and he says the fall football season will not be revisited. I'm freaking out because I'm in public, and I'm like, am I going to get dropped? Like like you said, Ohio State fans are crazy. 
I'm like, I'm about to get killed. Um, my source guy puts out, he, t- he tells me, it's like, dude, I'm really sorry. Like, please put this out though. I promise you this. So because of legalities on August 19th, I, I remember tweeting this on August 19th. I said, um, that because of legalities, the fall football season will still continue for the big 10 on, on the same day. So I was the only person in the world besides my source that like believed that the college football season was going to happen pretty much. Um, but then after a week or so, it started gearing towards that way. And I started getting more information and posting and people started believing me. And then, you know, people that gave me crap, it's funny because a lot of reporters, you know, gave me crap, but they can't because they work for a conglomerate or an organization. They can't fire back. I'm not working for anybody, so I can be as reckless as I want with reporting. I was reckless. I'm not going to lie, but like I got, I got the information out, but then also I can shit talk any of those guys and they can't do anything because they have uh, a a reputation to live up to. So it it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad it's over uh, for my sanity, but also for the kids that are playing the parents and all the people that really put in an amazing effort to put a lot of pressure on the big 10 to get them to get this fall season up. But it was, it was, one of the craziest experiences of my entire life. And uh, yeah, I don't want that to happen. It's, I don't even want it. Talking about the big 10 gives me PTSD sometimes, but once I get some information again, I'll, I'll post some things to you again. I just posted the other day that uh, Texas coach, Tom Herman will probably get fired um, unless there's like a miracle, which I don't, I don't see happening because their season's probably over already. So yeah, I got some, I have also some really good information, but I can't, report on it i have to wait i don't want to burn my source but then um sorry another thing that we reported we reported the Le'Veon bell news um like two minutes before adam Schefter put it out i heard it from one of my friends she didn't want to post it uh so i posted it twitter was down so i'm like you gotta be kidding me so i post on instagram and then two minutes later adam Schefter comes out the news so it's been fun it's uh i'm trying to prove that anybody can have information it's not just uh you don't have to go to journalism school to be a reporter. It's all about making connections in, in the in the world, and uh, I've been I've been very fortunate to make some good connections. Yeah, I was about to say I was I, I really admired the way that you just you were getting a shit ton of hate, and you just said no, fuck you. I I, I know my information's good. I'm I'm gonna stick with it. it. It's not coming out right now, but then everything came true. I'm I'm guessing you got maybe not on Twitter because it's Twitter, but you. I'm guessing you got a few apologies at least. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot, of, like especially big, a lot of big people that were like crapping on me. Um, definitely uh, apologized. Some that are just, you know, like, oh, you're so fake, like whatever. You got this thing wrong. I'm like, yeah, I got this thing wrong. But what about every reporter gets things wrong? Like that's just the thing. Like everybody gets it wrong. But because I'm like not a known reporter, you know, I'm named after a boat. You know, like, whatever. You know, you're gonna give me a lot more crap. It's funny though, because one of my biggest haters, I never responded to him, Jeff Schwartz. Uh, if you don't know him, nobody knows who he is. He played in the NFL. He's a journeyman backup offensive lineman. Or do you know who he is? Oh, okay. that was my okay. my off my terrible offensive line stance. Yeah, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a good Jeff Schwartz impersonation. But I didn't say anything. He he subtweeted me like 20, 25 times over this whole Big Ten thing. So last night he comes out with this post, and he goes, um, you know, the Steelers are probably going to try and kill miles Garrett this weekend. And I'm all for it. I want to see a lot of cheap shots. And it's because of the way the Browns deal dealt with his brother, Mitchell Schwartz contract, except very poorly dealt with it. So he's still salty with the Browns and stuff. So I was waiting. I, I ignored him this entire big 10 thing. But then when he did that, I made a video last night and he blocked me because he's a bitch. 
he's a bitch. I don't, I don't say that to anybody. You know, usually like I have a lot of fun with like my posts and things like that. But Jeff Schwartz, you are a just such a salty guy. Like, like bro, you played in the NFL. You've done more than like he wasn't good in the NFL. He's pretty much Marshall Newhouse. But he he, he played right. in the NFL. He could at least you know keep some set. Like you imagine if a current NFL player come out and started saying, I hope they hurt them and like that. Like, come on, man, have some class because I guarantee when Miles Garrett did what he did to Mason Rudolph, which by the way, I think Mason Rudolph thoroughly deserved if Miles Garrett is to be believed in if Mason Rudolph said what he said. And we even saw he kicked, he kicked Miles Garrett in the nuts and tried to pull his helmet off and then still came back for more. That's not what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, I've heard some Garrett. things that he did too. I heard some things too that'll never get um, aired or talked about, likely, because uh, it's it just isn't good. Um, but yeah, he he definitely instigated it. He definitely deserves it. Not defending what Miles Garrett did, but man, it's he, he's a bum. I mean, it's 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 just a weird thing. I would never wish death on somebody else. But as I, I in my video I put there yesterday, I said. That's all Jeff Schwartz could basically rely on in order to get playing time in the NFL is if his the starter in front of him just died because he was he was a bum. He was miserable. I mean, making it to the NFL, like you are one of the elites for sure. So we gotta give him some credit there. But he was terrible in the NFL. And now he has a career out of it because of his brother. So he's a leech. I, I'm not he's a snake. I'm not he like reads tweets way too much and I don't know, there are not many people I, I dislike. And on this planet, and Jeff Schwartz is one of them. He's a bomb. Well, given the career from his brother, we can we can just call him the the White Jackson Mahomes, and we'll just leave him at that. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's all he's good for is reacting to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I didn't think it was weird how he he just went after you just like for no reason when there's clearly something happened because all quarterbacks and centers are mic'd up, but the NFL wouldn't release the audio. And if if Mason Rudolph hadn't have said anything. The owners of the Steelers, the Roonies, they have a very good relationship with the NFL. They've been the owners for a very long time. And I have no doubt in my mind, I've heard it, but I have no doubt in my mind that they installed a cover-up. Uh, there's there's no way. I mean, yeah, on a primetime game with the best defensive player at the time in the NFL and the quarterback and you don't have the audio, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I got two questions I will ask because – we. You know, we're we're having a good good conversation here, and obviously, we're here for football. But if you, uh, who's your all-time favorite Buckeyes player, and who is your all-time favorite Cleveland Browns player? I mean, my all-time favorite Cleveland Browns player probably has to be Nick Chubb right now. I think before it was it was as sad as this is Johnny Manziel because it was always like, what if, what could have been. I mean, but I love I'm like the biggest Baker Mayfield fan on the planet. I just I love Nick Chubb because he literally doesn't say anything. He follows me on Twitter too, so I'm kind of biased. But I uh, I keep trying to DM him and like contact him because all I want to do is interview him on my live show and just have him say no words. Like I ask him questions and he does he says nothing. Like I would I would love that more than anything. I I hope to do that one day. It would, it would be awesome. But I'm just um, here so I don't get fined. Sort of business. Uh, dude, that Marshawn Lynch stuff with money. I love it. Um, but my favorite Buckeyes player of all time. She's so tough because they're all. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with either Braxton Miller or Ezekiel Elliott. Just the watching Ezekiel Elliott run all over Alabama. It was 
at Cowboy Stadium, I think. At Cowboy Stadium. I will. I think that. I think so. I will never forget it. I, I mean, he was just an absolute beast. It didn't matter who they went up against. And it was that. That was the first year of the college football playoff where they said Ohio State didn't deserve to be in it. Um, and you know they would never beat Alabama or anything like that. And they ran all over Alabama. I mean, Cardale Jones is definitely up there because he's from Cleveland, third stringer, four zero, then one. You know, like the fact that he like the three four biggest games he started, like he just it's just. So I would have to, I'd, I'd probably say Ezekiel Elliott, like just, but it's hard. If, I could pick anybody from that 2014 team or 2014-2015 yeah, team. He's the only man with a crop top I wouldn't laugh at because I get my ass beat. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a scary he dude. Crop top looked manly. Like I was the first time I ever saw a crop top like on a like a dude, and I was just like, that looks normal. Like if I wore it, it would be like, oh dude, what the fuck. <laughs> But he he like it, like fit him, so I don't know. I, yeah, I mean I mean the abs and, and the beard sort of help with that. I I couldn't pull that off if I wore a crop top. I'm I'm so pale. I'd look like a lit cigarette. It's ridiculous. I think like ninety nine point nine percent of people on this planet would not be able to pull that off. So don't don't sell yourself short on that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to try it, just for the record. I don't, I don't want to scar anyone. Um, no. Another question i got to ask, because I don't think this rivalry is relevant, but it, it's more intriguing to me. The Bobcats or Buckeyes rivalry, is that even a thing anymore? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think – is that a rivalry? I'm not sure. I know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that go to OU – that are they go there for the, like because it's a it's a party school like I mean or like they go there because they have good programs and certain things but they're Ohio State fans because it's just like when you're in the back you're just not ultimately going to compete in football I mean there's not really a whole lot of teams that are going to compete in that region anyways with Ohio State so I think most people I don't think a lot of people are born to be Ohio Ohio fans they're Ohio State fans so yeah I mean it's it's funny because in most states um, a lot of, well a lot of states I guess when you have like the university and the state university or whatever there's a bit like florida florida state maybe that's the only one i can think about but there's definitely more i just can't i just can't think of them right now but it's yeah it's there's definitely oklahoma not oklahoma state oregon there you oregon go state there you go thank you thank you yes there's definitely more than kansas kansas state um we'll think of some more but yes point still stands okay yeah and then that goes on to my next point the rivalry of Michigan. Do 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 you believe in oh, the mercy Michigan, rule? Uh, yeah, Michigan. Michigan State is a good one. That's probably one of the bigger ones. Um, so, what about Michigan? Do you, do you agree with the mercy rule? Do you think you should have that for your games against Michigan, or do you think throw out of the window and beat them down? Yeah, I mean, I just want to beat Michigan as just just as much as we can. You know, it's I don't think there should be a mercy rule. I mean, for them, for them, they probably want a mercy rule. But can you imagine getting to a mercy rule? It's like we got beat so bad that they had to, like, limit the game. Um, I remember playing a rec game one time. We were playing against the worst team in the league, and we beat them so bad they turned the scoreboard off in the second quarter. They literally just turned the scoreboard off. That like, Wow. Were, like 50 to zero. And it's just <sighs> – if that's like it's, I mean, that, if you got to that point where you have to turn the scoreboard off, or you just like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I, it's it's bad because they won fifteen out of sixteen. I've I've read a bunch of reports this week that are like Ohio State's recruiting is just 
Like Michigan, like is throwing darts at a board and seeing if they stick. They're going out to New Jersey. I mean, Ohio State just like is so superior in recruiting, and like that's where it starts. And they they just can't compete. Michigan's recruiting is is bad, and like I don't I don't know if Harbaugh makes it another year or two. Honestly, yeah, I don't I don't think he's got the stuff because who who when was the last time you lost them? Like twenty twelve? So ridiculous. I think their quarterback was shoelaces. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like it's when it's when I, whatever the year Jim Trestle got uh, fired for that Terrell Pryor tattoo cover up thing. Um, that was because the year after they had like an interim coach, and and then the year after that they got Urban Meyer. But yeah, they um, yeah, dude, they were bad that year, and that's the year they lost to Michigan. But like fifteen out of sixteen times. I mean, it's it's funny because it what Michigan is to Ohio State is what Cleveland is to Pittsburgh. So that's why tomorrow, not change topics, but tomorrow is so important because they could rewrite history. Like the Browns have not won there since 2003. And just with all the history of Ben Roethlisberger and everything. Like it's, it's a, it's a big game. And I mean, Michigan and Cleveland are very, it's, it's like Ohio state and Pittsburgh. Like it's just the two go hand in hand in terms of the other team kicking the shit out of the other team. Because when have they beat you? Denard Robinson beat you once, and then I think Tom Brady was the last guy to do it, or, or Drew Henson. Or like it, it's been like two wins in the past 20 something years. It's been so long. And I know it's, it's, uh, it's sad because at least with the NFL, there's like free agency market and whatever. But like with Ohio State and Michigan, recruiting is everything. Like I said, just Ohio State is just superior to Michigan. And Michigan has literally no recruiting plan right now. They have they have no recruiting plan. They're losing recruits to everybody. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say it's just a rivalry. I love that the only thing we get close to in the UK. We obviously have local derbies between like Manchester United and Manchester City. But that game with one hundred and ten thousand people packed into those stadiums just seems a lot more intense. And I really love those rivalries because it does bring me back to like football days in the UK. And you know it's. It's raucous. Like, we're not allowed alcohol in some stadiums in the UK now. That's how bad some games get. Like, they're like... I believe it. I don't think there should be alcohol allowed in Pittsburgh-Cleveland games. That's for sure. That people fight there anyways. It just I've, I've seen so many fights between people growing up and being... And it's... I agree, man. I agree. You, you don't need alcohol to go watch those games. I think you'd actually enjoy the NFL games in the UK if you ever come to them. Because obviously everyone around the country supports different teams. So you pack out Wembley and it's not just, say, Raiders and Seattle. It's not just Seahawks and Raiders fans. It is everyone wearing their colours and just enjoying the game of football. You have Pittsburgh fans with Cleveland fans, Atlanta, New England fans together, Miami and Bills fans, and everyone's just wearing their jet. It is literally the greatest experience you can watch a football I, game. I out. really want to um, – we were planning on going out at one point when the Browns were playing a few years ago because I have friends in, in London. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll make it there eventually when all this – kind of slows down because I, I mean I would imagine the Browns would go there and play it, but it, it does look like a cool experience I think eventually I don't know if it's gonna be Jacksonville but I definitely think London will get an NFL team at some point there's no doubt in my mind yeah the market's so big there and it, it's only growing especially with the NFL Academy right now where it, it I don't know if you know much about the NFL Academy but that's it's um it's an the NFL runs an academy in the UK which is for talent from around Europe 
F.A. Obada, who plays for the Carolina Panthers, he's out of there. Remember Christian Wade from a preseason last year? He came out of there. Obi Melifonwu, who played for the Patriots, now on the practice squad, he came out of there. So it's bringing up a lot of talent. That's sort of good to see for a country like mine where we are. I think like it's I, really developing too. It's only just starting. So the talent's just going to get better too once people kind of start going. There. I mean, because like it's here, like our soccer team or football, whatever you want to say, sucks because – Everybody's playing basketball, baseball, football, and even hockey to an extent. Like, soccer's probably the fifth most popular sport here. Your but, women are killing it. Dude, they're really good. And they, they get, like, no credit, which sucks. But they're, they've won the last two World Cups, right? Two closing questions, which the first one's quite light. The second one's a little bit heavy. First one is, what do you see in the Browns' future next five years? Uh, definitely a Super Bowl. Um, not just an appearance, but a win. I, I definitely can see that. Um, the, the, the turnaround from last year to this year has just been astronomical. I think Stefanski has a pretty good chance of winning coach of the year. I mean, if the Browns make the playoffs, he's coach of the year. There's no doubt. Um, this is still going to be a year where they're going to, you know, go through, you know, some, some trouble and stuff and some bumps in the road. But I mean, they, it's there's no reason why they couldn't go eleven and five. Their schedule is reasonably, it, it's reasonable to you know win a lot of games, and especially at the end of the year, they play the Jets and the Giants and then the Steelers again. But it's at home. Um, eleven and five is is in the picture, and it's uh, it was just unbelievable for me to think. Like I just it doesn't like your your situation last year with the Patriots is like my dream. Like be twelve and four and to get kicked. I mean, like I don't want to be losing like the first round of the playoffs, but like, damn. That would be awesome if we could make it to the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I say Super Bowl at some point. Um, I, I don't think that's out of the picture, out of the question. It's just uh, it, it, they got to just make it out of their division. I mean, the Ravens are very good. They're, they're probably – I think they're the best team in the NFL, honestly. Even better than the Chiefs. I mean, and excuse me, the AFC. Even better than the Chiefs. Better than – I mean, I just they're just spectacular. And then the Steelers are, you know, are going to be good. And then even next year, the Bengals, you know, they're going to develop an offensive line around Joe Burrow. And I think that, I mean, the AFC North is going to be the toughest division for years to come. So I just think that if they get out of the division, then they're fine. That, but that's obviously easier said than done. Yeah. I, th- I think that's perfectly reasonable. Now the last question, a lot of people think about, cause it's a little bit heavy, but how do you say yacht want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as like one of the greatest entertainers of all time. You know, I, I'm, there's so much crossover and overlap between music and content and entertainment and on camera stuff and YouTube and whatever. I mean, I, I try to diversify what I do as much as I can and make top, make uh, content about, on, on many different topics. And now I'm even getting into reporting, which is something I thought I would never really do, but thought would be really cool. Um, so getting better at that, I mean, it just whatever comes into the picture, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna attack and 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 try to be the best at, and um, just I I don't think there's a lot of people out there that do what I do, um, so I'm gonna continue to just be different, um, but I want people to remember me as somebody that didn't care what anybody wanted to say, I you know want to help out as many people as possible. I have a mental health organization right now. I want to be a good role model for people, but at the same time. I'm not afraid to defend Cleveland. We've been shat on by the national media and people for years and years and years. And no one ever really defended us in content and videos. And, you know, that's kind of why I started what I was doing. Um, but I want to be remembered as somebody that was authentic and didn't care what anybody said. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to be blunt with you as possible, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a beer with you. 
you know, it doesn't matter. Like I don't hold grudges. I don't hold things over people's heads. And I'm just going to, what you see is what you get. I'm as real as you get. That's one of the best answers I've ever had to that question. Honestly, I've, I've asked a lot of people that question. That's one of the best answers I've ever had. I appreciate it. That means a and, lot. And you touched on music. It's Maui Ski Club. Am I correct? Your band? Well, yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we're releasing a song. Uh, it's called No One Feels Bad For You. It's out November 11th. So we have a pre-save link right now, which helps us get on Spotify playlists and stuff. It's in my bio on so Twitter. So Rudolph's concussion by any chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the, uh, that was actually the inspiration behind it. So, yeah. You That's know it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's fun. We, we're releasing it through a label in New Jersey. Um, so it's our first kind of debut like label. It's not a major label, but they're like, you know, it, it's still it's still kind of a big deal for us. So we're hoping for some big things with that. But yeah, out November eleventh. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna give you the proper outro you deserve now. He is the scourge of the Steelers. He is the man in town in Brown Town. He is Sir Yacht, the savior of Cleveland. You wanna give your socials out? <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, that's like up there with LeBron James, Savior of Cleveland. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not going to. You, got, not you gonna... probably got a better jumper. He's got four <laughs> more chances. Go. I don't know. My jumper wasn't too bad. Um, okay. College. So, yeah, just sure, yeah, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I have a cameo. We have merch. Uh, if you look, Suryat store online. And then we have, um, yeah, I have uh, run a group called Maui Ski Club. And you can find us everywhere. And like I said, we're going to drop a new, like our debut, like label single out November 11th. So anywhere you search Sir Yacht, um, you know, I'll probably be on there. All right, brilliant. We love it. Uh, I have been Kieran. I'm go by many names. CM Hunk, Jordan Fickford, Vanessa Hudgens, Kamala Haggis. Call me what you want. We have been Full 10 Yards. You follow us on the Twitter at Full 10 Yards, me at DCCYT Football. And you can follow us on youtube as well if you give us a like and subscribe and i'll see you guys in the next one